Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. Today is Wednesday, December 27th, and we start with local news. The Murray County Fire Department responded on Christmas Eve to a structure fire on B. Kerr Road in the Kalioka community. Units arrived to find an outbuilding on fire, threatening other outbuildings. Units quickly stretched a line for containment and kept the fire to one outbuilding. No injuries were reported. The responding units included engines 1, 3, 12, tankers 1, 3, and 12, squads 1 and 12, and district chiefs 3 and 12. Columbia Fire and Rescue, as well as the Tennessee Bureau Fire Investigators, are currently investigating a warehouse fire, which broke out early Friday at 2361 Park Plus Drive. Fire crews responded to the F.S. Sperry Company warehouse at approximately 1.38 a.m. on Friday, spending several hours suppressing flames and doing salvage work. It's a pretty big building, and we've had just about every fire station in the city here fighting it. Fire Chief Ty Cobb said, It's a large warehouse and we've been here a while. No injuries were reported at the time of the incident, according to Columbia Fire and Rescue. The fire, its cause and extent of damage is still under investigation by the Columbia Fire Marshal's office, who is working with assistance from TBI investigators. We are still investigating it and they've been out there all day still. We don't have the property lost estimates yet, but it's going to be a major loss, Chief Cobb said. Cobb added that upon response, heavy smoke was billowing out of the structure with flames through the roof upon arrival. Investigators also believe the fire started at the rear of the structure, he said. And not only was this a major structure fire, but one which included response teams from all five Columbia stations, with Spring Hill Fire Department and Mount Pleasant Fire Department on call. In addition to the difficulties in manning a fire in such a large building, fire crews also dealt with working in freezing temperatures, as well as low water pressure in that particular area. Overall, the crews did a great job in protecting exposures and working throughout the morning in 25-degree temperatures to put the fire out, Cobb said. That can be very challenging, but they did a great job, and I am thankful nobody was hurt. We have great equipment, some of the best fire equipment anywhere, Cobb said. Our water supply is good in the city, but in this section of town, the water pressures are low. It's an area we've strongly wanted to see a water tank or an improvement in our water supply, he said. Cobb also expressed the need for fire safety during this time of year, when homes are heated and a situation like this can make headway really quickly, he said. I encourage our residents to have working smoke alarms. This time of year is very busy for us with cold temperatures, and what's really tricky is that we've also had warmer weather, Cobb said. Make sure you have working smoke alarms so that you are alerted when a fire breaks out. The Altium Cells plant in Spring Hill has completed its first battery cell production. The project, first announced in 2021 as a $2.3 billion partnership between General Motors and LG Energy Solution, was later expanded with a goal of creating 1,700 new jobs for a project cost of $2.6 billion. The Spring Hill facility was supported by millions of dollars in state incentives and billions of dollars in federal loans. According to a post on LinkedIn, Altium Cells employees last week celebrated the successful production of EV batteries for the first time since construction began in 2021. Officials targeted a late 2023 completion when the effort, one of the largest economic development deals in state history, was announced. 
These pictures represent the culmination of over two years of collaborative work between our construction team, our process installation team, our technical support team, and our Ultium sales team members, plant director Chris DeSottles wrote on social media. Our team is looking forward to the future with excitement and confidence, he said. DeSottles previously held a series of engineering and plant management positions at General Motors, but moved to Spring Hill to oversee the Ultium sales plant. The first Altium plant in Warren, Ohio, broke ground in May of 2020 and began its cell production in August of 2022, according to the company. A third facility is under construction in Lansing, Michigan, and is also targeting 1,700 jobs. Altium Cell's employees were not originally represented by the United Auto Workers, which represents workers at GM's next-door Spring Hill plant. However, that changed as part of the recently ratified contract between the UAW and GM. The online vote tracker for the new contract states 96% of Altium Cell employees across its three plants voted in favor of the contract. More than two-thirds of Spring Hill GM UAW employees voted against the contract. The plant was one of 13 local unions that voted against the ratification. Still, the agreement was ratified by 54.7% of all union members. The union said earlier this year it had been told Altium employees would never be allowed into its agreement. Now that the strike is ended, UAW President Sean Fain has thrown support behind Volkswagen workers trying to unionize in Chattanooga. He joined local leaders and others from the community to deliver a letter to Volkswagen management on Monday after workers filed a federal unfair practice labor practice charge against the company. Volkswagen's illegal actions come on the heels of the UAW announcing that well over 1,000 workers, making up over 30% of the Chattanooga plant, have signed union cards as part of a national movement of non-union autoworkers organizing to join the UAW in the wake of the union's record contract victories at Ford, GM, and Stellantis, the UAW said in a Facebook post. Columbia Police Department and Fraternal Order of Police Lodge No. 26 held its 21st annual Shop with a Cop event on December 20th, this year bringing, uh, this year to bring extra cheer to designated families. Christmas is a time of year to slow down and appreciate the many blessings that surround us, the department posted in a Facebook post. It allows us the chance to spend time with family and friends. It is also a time to reflect on the wonderful community we live in. The program is funded by donations and the police department. The city truly knows the meaning of Christmas, the Post said. The program this year helped 43 children experience a Christmas filled with cheer and presents under the tree. Officers took the children shopping at local stores where they were able to shop for family members as well as for themselves. The public support and backing the department receives from the citizens of this community is truly humbling to each one of us who work for Columbia Police Department. We truly appreciate your support and are honored to serve you daily, the department post said. Children returned to the department to celebrate with a pizza and movie party while the Kiwanis Club of Columbia wrapped a mountain of gifts to take home to their families. The Kiwanis Club wraps gifts annually, drawing dozens of volunteers. NFL football great and Columbia native Shaq Mason again brought beaming smiles to children's faces on December 15th when his elves delivered a bag full of presents to every child at Randolph Howell Elementary STEM School. According to his mother, Alicia McGuire, head of the Shaq Mason Foundation, there's no particular way the football star chooses schools other than recognizing a need. 
Approximately 40% of children in Murray County Public Schools are on free and reduced lunch. It is important to start with his, his elementary school, McDowell, because he was proud of his school, McGuire said. McDowell Elementary closed in May of 2021, so Mason has set his sight on other schools in need. Mason is a product of Murray County Public Schools and enjoys giving back because this is where he was raised, McGuire said. Mason's delivery of gifts is kept top secret each year, according to Murray County Public Schools Communications Director Jack Cobb, so that children and teachers will be surprised. Sometimes Mason delivers the gifts himself, himself when his schedule permits. Every year, the reaction is overwhelming with joy, McGuire said. The teachers and students are filled with gratitude. There's not been a year without tears of joy. This Christmas project has helped many families during the holidays, as this might be the only Christmas gifts some receive due to parents struggling, she said. The program is special to Mason because he was raised by a single mother, McGuire, who sacrificed to provide for him while emphasizing the importance of education. Mason earned top grades while on while a Murray County Public School student, which made him a well-rounded athlete, preparing him for college and the world of work even beyond the football field. He knows the struggle and sacrifice some parents make for their children, McGuire said. It means so much to me because my son has the heart to give unselfishly year after year. It's truly a blessing to be a blessing to people, she said. Approximately 690 students received the Shack Mason Very Merry Christmas this year, each receiving a bag full of gifts for their specific age, including a tablet. Other elementary schools served by the Shack Mason Foundation include McDowell, Brown, Baker, Highland, and Riverside Elementary Schools. Our district's families are blessed to have someone like Shaq Mason giving back, Cobb said. Mason, 30, is an offensive guard for the Houston Texans. He played college football at Georgia Tech from 2011 to 2014 and was selected by the New England Patriots in the fourth round of the 2015 NFL Draft. Columbia State Community College recently celebrated 41 nursing graduates in a pinning ceremony in the Webster Athletic Center. The Columbia State nursing faculty and staff are happy to celebrate the nursing graduates of fall 2023, said Dr. Amy Huff, Columbia State Nursing Program Director. They have chosen to pursue one of the most trusted, rewarding, and challenging professions. We wish them the very best in their nursing journeys as they prepare to care for their communities as registered nurses, she said. Columbia State nursing graduates completed four semesters of classroom instruction and 540 hours of clinical instruction to earn an Associate of Applied Science degree in nursing. Next, graduates must pass the National Council licensure examination to earn licensure, which is required to practice as a registered nurse. The 2022 Columbia State nursing students' first attempt pass rate for the NCLEX is 92% exceeding both the state average of 86% and the national average of 80%. Nursing students are prepared to provide direct patient care in various areas, including medical, surgical, pediatrics, and more. After graduation, these nurses will work in various settings, such as hospitals, long-term care facilities, clinics, schools, and home health care. Congratulations to these soon-to-be-registered nurses for choosing valuable educational pathways to prepare for rewarding careers and economic independence, said Dr. Kay Fleming, Columbia State Dean of the Health Sciences Division. The Columbia State Nursing Program is committed to excellence in nursing education. It has received full approval from the Tennessee Board of Nursing and is accredited by the Accreditation Commission for the Education in Nursing. The program's three-year average graduate job placement rate is 99.7%. 
Columbia State's nursing program has a competitive admission process with applicants admitted twice per year. For more information about applying to the program, visit www.columbiastate.edu forward slash nursing. Murray County and other parts of the 28th District are set to receive more than $2 million in Community Development Block Grants, or CDBGs, according to Senator Joey Hensley. Hensley made the announcement December 21st after receiving notification from the Tennessee Department of Economic and Community Development, which administers the grant program under a procedure authorized by the Tennessee General Assembly. This important grant funding is welcome news for our local communities in Senate District 28, Hensley said. With this much-needed funding, our local leaders will be able to improve street safety and parks as well as water and sewer systems. Congratulations to our local elected officials on securing this competitive grant, and I will continue to provide assistance as needed, he said. The grants statewide included $400,000 for the Ardmore Storm Shelter, $111,000 for the Linville Street Improvement, $243,000 for Minor Hill City Park Lighting Improvements, $560,000 for Murray County Sewer Rehabilitation, $630,000 for Mount Pleasant Water System Improvements, and $209,000 for the Cornersville Sidewalk Improvements. The funding is part of a larger sum, almost $37 million in grants for improvements in five categories across the state, including public health and safety, community infrastructure, community revitalization, water system improvements, and sewer system improvements. Governor Bill Lee and Department of Economic and Community Development Commissioner Stuart C. McWhorter recently approved the $36.6 million in CDBG funding, which will assist 78 counties with infrastructure improvements, housing rehabilitations, and health and safety initiatives. What happens in rural Tennessee matters to all Tennesseans, and these infrastructure improvements will be key in preparing communities for future economic development opportunities and continued growth, Governor Lee said. The allocation of CDBG funds is based on priorities set through the public meeting process at the local community level. The CDBG program is funded through HUD and administered in Tennessee by the Department of Economic and Community Development. Project Suitcase, the highly confidential project being discussed for nearly two years, has now surfaced as a 950-acre mixed-use development in Spring Hill. GV Spring Hill LLC intends to develop the land as a mixed-use development known as Spring Hill Commerce Center, which could include office buildings, industrial buildings, warehouses, commercial retail facilities, and hotels. According to the city's Industrial Development Board's economic impact plan submitted to the Board of Mayor and Aldermen last week, A tax increment financing, or TIF, plan in the amount of $29.5 million was approved by both governmental bodies in the last week, which promises to be a catalyst for economic growth in an otherwise untapped area for commerce. Road improvements will be made to Jim Warren Road, including rebuilding the road over the interstate, as well as a new bridge over Rutherford Creek and some water and sewer improvements. While a TIF may appear as if a government entity is giving away money it would otherwise collect, Betsy Knotts, counsel at Bassberry and Sims, reminded the Spring Hill Industrial Development Board in a meeting about the USTA development at the crossings that none of the tax revenues that will be realized are currently being collected. The goal of tax incremental financing is to bring a government entity in partnership with a private entity to create a self-supporting project and create a new stream of ad valorem tax revenue, revenues, revenues that wouldn't be there had you not brought these two entities together, she said. 
This agreement will still require the developer to secure the loans or bonds and pay all of the taxes it owes to the local governments. The portion for debt service in both the city and county is removed, along with 40% for public schools, but the remainder flows through the IDB to pay for the loans or bonds. If the increment never materializes, the loans and bonds are the responsibility of the developer, Alderman Matt Fitterer said. The entire risk is on the developer. The project will be located in the area generally southeast of Saturn Parkway, north of Joe P. Road, and generally between Port Royal Road and Lewisburg Pike, according to documents. Though located on land in both Murray and Williamson counties, only that portion of the public infrastructure in Murray County and within the city, as the same may be annexed, will be subject to and paid for or financed through under this plan. The IDB voted 8-1 to one in favor of the proposal, with only Clint McCain dissenting, McCain said his concerns were mainly concerning the public benefit, or lack thereof, from this part of the plan. I wanted more information, he said. I would like to have seen the two parties come to a more resolute agreement on what happens if certain parts of their plan do not happen. The part of the plan McCain would most like to have more information on is an airport facility that is anticipated to eventually be developed in the same general location. The airport, which could be a highly lucrative benefit for the city, county, and Spring Hill citizens, was not included in the TIF plan. And now your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Mrs. Elizabeth Gale Waddy Thomason, 73, the longtime resident of Santa Fe Pike, died Monday, December 25th at NHC Healthcare Columbia. Funeral services will be conducted on Thursday, December 28th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Rose Hill Cemetery. The family will visit with friends on Wednesday from 4 to 8 p.m. and Thursday from 12 noon until time of services at the funeral home. Mrs. Jacqueline Jones Quillen, 80, a resident of West 7th Street, died Friday at NHC Murray Regional Transitional Care. Funeral services for Mrs. Quillen will be conducted on Friday, December 29th at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. The family will visit with friends on Friday from 1 p.m. until time of the services at the funeral home. Hope Elizabeth Bernhardt Hood, 73, resident of Columbia and retired LPN from Murray Regional Medical Center, died Thursday, December 21st at her residence. A memorial service will be scheduled at a later date. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements and online condolences may be extended at oaksandnichols.com. Vicki Lynn Love Knight, 79, a lifelong resident of Columbia and retired property underwriting vice president for Farm Bureau, passed away on Monday, December 25th at her residence. A private graveside service will be scheduled at a later date. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family. Marion Robert Davis, 90, a resident of Murray County, died Tuesday, December 26th at Murray Regional Medical Center. A graveside service will be held on Saturday, December 30th at 2 p.m. at Williamsport Methodist Cemetery. Military honors will be provided by the American Legion Post 19. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. 
At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why the way you feel has always been so important to Susie and Tony Sowell. When people come here, I hope they feel like they're working with a person who's just like family. And by the time they leave here, I hope they feel like they're a part of our family. What I like most is when a family is leaving, they can say thanks. You made something we thought would be hard easier than we thought it would be. Not that we made it easy, we made it easier. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have partly cloudy skies giving way to a few showers late in the day. The high will be 56 degrees with winds out of the south-southwest at 5 to 10 miles per hour. The chance of rain today, 30%. Tonight, we can expect evening clouds that will clear out overnight. The low will be 29 degrees with light and variable winds. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer, Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Bank with First Farmers, and you can bank with confidence. With personalized solutions, dedicated experts, and over a century of experience, First Farmers lets you feel secure and empowered in your financial choices. This is Felicia Brown with First Farmers, and I would like to remind you that no matter your goals, First Farmers is here for you. Visit MyFirstFarmers.com or call 1-800-882-8378 to switch to First Farmers today. Member FDIC. 
This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Noisen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Hi, this is George Rawls with The Way Realty. Please allow me to share a little bit about us. We measure our success by the quality of service you receive. We provide many ways to help you get the most when selling your house, like home staging, landscaping, repairs, professional pictures, and aggressive marketing. Our listings are posted on the MLS, Realtracks.com, Zillow, Realtor.com, and Trulia. Your house will most likely be your biggest investment for your family and for your future retirement. Let us help you fulfill the American dream by buying, building, or selling your next home. And most importantly, let this new year be a great year by putting Jesus first in your life. Jesus Christ changes lives. I know because He changed mine. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. First Lady Jill Biden stopped at Fort Campbell this past weekend to celebrate the holidays with soldiers and their families affected by the EF3 tornado that ravaged Clarksville on December 9th. Stepping off of Sleigh Force One with Santa Claus, Biden smiled as she walked down the stairs, greeted by the 101st Airborne Division's Major General Brett Sylvia, Command Sergeant Major Charles D. Walker, and their families. Saturday was Biden's first visit to Fort Campbell since March of 2022 when she spoke to the families of soldiers deployed to Europe, assisting with NATO efforts. Her visit was a part of her Joining Forces initiative, meeting with families from Fort Campbell that were impacted by the tornado that tore through three counties in Tennessee and Kentucky. Although the Fort Campbell base was not significantly damaged, many families were displaced due to damage to their homes or loss of power. On Saturday, 68 families were still displaced, a drop from 96 families on Friday. At its peak, 354 families directly affiliated with Fort Campbell were displaced because of the tornado, said Steve Nava from the Fort Campbell Public Affairs Office. Those who were affected by the tornado have been able to receive help from organizations such as the Red Cross, FEMA, and Friends and Family as they search for a new place to recover or recovery work is done on their homes. Walking into the room where about 100 impacted families sat waiting for First Lady Biden, the Christmas spirit shined bright. Garlands and lights hung from second-story facility, and a Christmas tree sat next to wrapped gifts, candy canes, and nutcrackers. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Don't let pain keep you out of the game. Murray Regional Physical Therapy's experienced team of therapists can help you recover from surgery, injury, or illness by designing a plan that meets your unique needs. We utilize state-of-the-art equipment and proven techniques to help you get back to doing the things you love. Schedule a consultation at any of our convenient Southern Middle Tennessee locations by calling 931-380-4014. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. Big 7 Travel recently released the 50 Best Places to Celebrate New Year's Eve in the World 2023. From the Northern Lights to fireworks on Copacabana Beach, they curated the best ranking on where to celebrate this year, and Music City made the list. They asked Big 7 Travel's social audience of 1.5 million people where they like to celebrate New Year's Eve and combined the data with new superstar events to find the best places to toast a new year. The top place on the list is Rio de Janeiro, Brazil, with the 50th spot on the list taken by Cairo, Egypt. Coming in at a respectable number 31, Big 7 Travel stated Music City is the best for a real big country bash. They continued, Nashville knows how to put on a good night. Their annual Big Bash is set to be bigger than ever this year with country artist Lainey Wilson, Thomas Rhett, Leonard Skinner, and others enjoying encouraging you to line dance into 2024. Join in on the good-natured celebrations which build up to the signature music note drop and fireworks display at midnight. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today. I'm Kennedy Broadcasting, WKOM, WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.